Monty Williams comes back. Yes, Coach Mont is back for the Phoenix Suns, and he's treated to being back with his boys with a 13-point victory over the New Orleans Pelicans. The team comes out, scores 42 points. 42, count them. Don't count them. It takes too long. But 42 points in the first quarter, welcoming back their head coach and once again defeating the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that they kind of own. And I'll tell you this, Matthew, Devin Booker's good at basketball, man. He's so good at basketball, isn't he? He's, he's really so, good. He's so good. Breaking just when news. you for, <laughs> just when you forget about Devin Booker, I don't ever forget about him. But if you have, he's always there, and he's always really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just you know again, it's it, we we talk about it from time to time, but you know perhaps we don't give Devin Booker the flowers necessarily that he deserves for just his consistency for his, his, the manner in which he can score the numerous different ways that he can fill up the bucket, you know, whether it's mid range jumpers, hitting the three ball doing, you know, off of his left foot fade away out of, I mean, he does so much stuff. And I just feel like tonight was one of those nights where I was like, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I appreciate Devin Booker at the top of the pod, because there's plenty of other guys that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be spending our time talking about Mikhail Bridges really staying in rhythm coming off of last game and performing well. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. Cam Johnson and, you know, is he playing so well that he might price himself out of our market next off season. We're going to talk <laughs> about Bismack Biombo and how he almost makes us forget that JaVale McGee plays for this team. We're going to talk about Jalen Smith and how he's been successful in the time that's been allotted to him, but it all starts with Devin Armani Booker, my friend. Yeah. My favorite new thing I think is the overhead camera above the rim. That was just tracking Booker. I mean, it tracks all the players, but they had the instant replay. I think it was right after the half, and it was just Booker going to the left, going to the right, finding his spots. That view of him coming up to the room, that way, just stopping wherever he's like, okay, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. It was like, it was a thing of beauty to watch. It's a, I love that angle. I wish I could see more of that. Um, obviously, during the game, you don't want to watch that, but on replays, I want to see that all the time. It's just, it's a different view. It, you actually get to see him and some in, in his grace going up against those offenders, just doing whatever the hell he wants. He's just surgical. And that's what that camera view showed. It's, it's how that surgeon conducts his craft and finds his way to the spots that he practices over and over again. I mean, we've been to the games. Yeah. We've seen him kind of before every game, the routine that he does. It's very methodical. It's really weird, right? He gets really low and kind of just like, creeps around the floor slowly in slow motion to get to a spot and then sees i mean like so he's playing it's it's like a golfer somebody who has to and and we don't really know this matthew because we're not really good golfers but i'm sure if you talk to our buddy so says jay from the fanning the flames podcast who i've golfed with and it's fantastic or you talk to john bloom who bloomer i'm still waiting for an invite i'd love to go golfing with you too but good golfers like them they visualize their shots Right, they've seen it before. They know the mu- they have the muscle memory down, so they can truly visualize those points. You know, when they okay, if I hit it just like this, knowing every all the different X factors, the ball is going to land like this. Devin Booker does the same thing. He just doesn't happens to do it on a basketball court. He does, and it took a lot of missed shots to get there. Right, yeah, it's just the consistency, all those. the practice. Yeah, it's just continually being that guy, even on bad games, night after night in his early career. It all ends up being here, right? It all ends up, all that hard work ends up being, you're a superstar now, dude. Yes. He's, Every he's, 
he's risen to that superstar level. And again, just seeing his surgical manner, uh, I thought I'd lead off the pod with it because it's really what just kind of, again, I, I feel like I don't personally acknowledge as much as I should, considering how critical I've been of Devin Booker, as you know, going back to his second year when you and I used to sit around and just bullshit yeah, before yeah. we had a podcast. We used to. Man, but we, we used remember to tear we used apart. to say though he's gonna be the best son of all I remember time. even doing that. I was said like he's gonna be the best son of all time. When his career's over here, he will be. Even though we gave him crap, not even crap, just critiquing him. Yeah, we were critiquing. And he's improved on that. You know, just like sticks game to game improves, Booker does it year to year. Exactly. <laughs> and he's always adding new things. And again, it's just it's Devin Booker Appreciation Podcast right off the bat. But uh, but welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Thank you for stopping on by. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. While you're here, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching this on Facebook or you're watching this on Twitter, head over to our YouTube page. Give us a subscription there. Uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up button while you're here as well. You can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description. And feel free to donate to the show via the Super Chat. We can use it to get Matt, Matthew that Cameron Johnson jersey. One of these days. One of these gonna... days. I want the real expensive one, too. The yes. authentic, off his back, autographed. So yes. keep saving up. Keep, yeah, keep, 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 keep donating the Super Chat so we can make that dream come true for this little boy next to me named Matthew. Uh, subscribe, rate, review this podcast wherever you're consuming this for all your favorite son's phoenix suns content and you can leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts. we'll read it right here on the pod and you can go to spotify and click the five stars give us uh, a five-star review there or, or, sorry a five-star rating there we already have 14 five-star ratings so thank you jamsters we oh, appreciate that man much. and it takes some time out of your busy schedule so i appreciate it yes we both seriously we really do so uh, on that note ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna be drinking this nice aquafina because I'm, right, I'm, I'm on the road again. All right, let's do this. V8. <laughs> pop pop a V8 if you smoke. got him. <laughs> let's right. do this. Let's talk about this win for your Phoenix Suns. You know, the New Orleans Pelicans definitely made it interesting at the back end of this game, closing the lead to, I believe it was four, Matthew. But ultimately, the Phoenix Suns were in control of this game for the majority of this game. But still. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. What is the number one thing in your notes that you want to lead off the podcast with? You know, I always have a question for you. I'm going to yeah. defer to your notes on this game. Are you really? Okay, well, yeah. the first thing we've already seen in the notes, Bismack, or not in the notes, in the chat, <laughs> Bismack Biombo. What man, what big man cannot play beside Chris Paul and just look like an all-star, right? First sticks, for now Biombo. I mean, even Frank Kaminsky. This guy can make anybody Truth. look like an all-star. It wasn't just Chris Paul. I just think Bismack... Has to, we did the Devin Booker shout out, but right now, of course, who might be a Jam Star winner? It's Bismack Biombo, man. And actually, because of him, there's one thing that used to happen to the Suns all the time. It used to be like tonight, where the New Orleans Pelicans would get down to two points, and then all of a sudden, like some freak shot happens, right? Yes. And it's just like okay, and then there's the game, and then it continues to pile on, and it continues to go and go and go. So I created this little drop. 
Uh, this is what I thought of. Ready for this? No and then. So I was just thinking, being a Suns fan in the past, it was always like that shot by Bismack Biombo where Big V, you can hear him on the telecast saying, are you kidding? Or whatever he said. He's like, are you serious? And then all of a sudden, he gets that after that shot he makes that bounces around. It's just one after the other. It's in then, and then, and then, and then, and then. New Orleans is saying, no more and thens. And it's a guy you don't think that's going to have the big night at the end. I know Mikhail and Booker helped in the end, but it was Bismack. Bismack was the guy that key the energy towards the end of the game to help win. Look at Matthew making drops for the pod, man. Like a little uh, low on volume, though. I gotta get that edited. Right? Hey, I heard it just fine. Yours are I mean, super loud. Mine are just yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get it all. We'll get it all squared yeah. away. But no, I mean, uh, as you know, one of our loyal jamsters in the chat, Blaze Megatron says he says new idea for a Bismack Biombo drop. Return of the Bismack to the tune of Return of the Mac. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what? That'll give us some cop- copyright infringement. I don't even care if if we keep Bismack Biombo on this team and he still out gets some minutes. I'm 110% for that. But I think you really, you let off that entire, you know, point with a great observation. And that's any big can be successful in this system because of Chris Paul, you know, and this is one of those things that you appreciate at Suns fans because Chris Paul ain't going to be here, you know, for 10 more years. Okay. This isn't, you know, like Steve Nash coming here and he's going to lead this team through a decade of dominance. This is going to be this year, next year, and maybe the following year, although he's under contract past that of effective Chris Paul, but Deandre Ayton's definitely benefited from it. Uh, You see JaVale McGee, you see Frank Kaminsky, as you mentioned, Bismack Biombo sticks, all these guys, all of our five, guy our fives are playing productive this year and it comes because you have chris paul just he he makes it so hard for you not to be successful and it's something that i think that we can both appreciate because we've had times where it felt like we had a unbelievably gaping hole at the five for the phoenix suns guys who couldn't rebound guys who couldn't box out guys who couldn't score effectively and when you look at bismack biombo and how he played tonight and note that this was in 29 minutes coming off the bench he had 16 points he was six for six from the field uh he was also four for seven from the free throw line and had a total of six rebounds you know so i mean he he was having himself a solid night and that's simply just coming off the bench. And he can be effective. Now, not all those minutes are with Chris Paul. But if you notice, the back end of this game, when the, when it got close, all of a sudden, it wasn't Jalen Smith who came walking back out onto the court. It was Bismack Biombo Because the chemistry that he had with Chris Paul in the game and his experience as a veteran, that allocated him to 11 of the 12 minutes played in the fourth quarter were for Bismack Biombo. Yeah, I mean, it's it wasn't all with Chris Paul, but it was a guy he trusted. It's like Bismack was so good in the paint where he just knew exactly where to go with the ball. As soon as he got it, as soon as Chris Paul would hit that pick, he would know where to roll. So he was always there, always available. The putbacks, it was just it was nonstop towards the end. And it's it's like when Sticks kind of hit that when he went to the locker room when he got hurt, he came back and wasn't really the same the rest of the night. So Bismack picked it up. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, having kudos to james jones i mean truthfully i don't know how big seriously like he has to go and grab guys off of the scrap heap because this team is devastated by coat you you still have deandre eight now javel mcgee's out jay crowder's out okay those are our top three rebounders they're all out nader's still out because nader's been out forever and then landry shamit was added to the pile today so you have this team that is you know 
don't get me wrong, like the rest of the NBA has been dealing with this as well. But the guys that he's going and going and, and picking up are just I mean, how is Bismack Biombo out there? Again, this is a guy who I wanted the Phoenix Suns to pick up yeah. last season, you know, and th- they got they got him off the scrap heap and he's coming out and he's showing this like not only is he a productive you know, player who can just eat some minutes because that's what you're looking for at this point. Guys who can just eat minutes until we can get D.A. and JaVale McGee back. But between him and Jalen Smith, they're both just playing out of this world. And again, you know, I'm going to fortify it before I, you know, let you give your flowers, if you will, to James Jones. But you add up Bismack, Biombo, and Jalen Smith's total points. So they combine for a total of what? 28 points, uh, rebounds, 11 rebounds, so nothing crazy there, but it was a lot of good team rebounding. But uh, yeah, what do you think about James Jones and just his ability to find these guys to help get this team through the dog days of the NBA season, which are early January? I mean, even Justin Jackson's another name that we picked know, up, of right? course. So it's like those two players I didn't know were actually available. Not saying that they're insanely good and they should be on a team. It's just you kind of forget. You see them, you go head to head against them, and you forget that they're actually kind of out of the league. And then you pick them up later. And it's it's kind of hit or miss with these guys. But honestly, when they pick up these names, it's like they can contribute, especially with a team like the Suns, where you can just really plug and play. And if Chris Paul is healthy like he has been, it, it makes it easier. And these guys are really hustle guys too. And they're going to give it their all every night because they're playing on a team like the Suns, man. It's just, it makes it easier for the Suns and for James Jones to know like, hey, I can bring someone in and they can mesh well with this group right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, you know, again, a credit to the way that he's managing this team and the way that he's plugging all the pieces. And speaking of plugging the pieces, we're going to go ahead and bring in Coach Evan B., host of the He's on Fire podcast. Let's go. Evan, how you doing? How's the snow in Utah? Oh, it's beautiful, John. You would love it. Yeah, you out there doing snow angels and such? <laughs> snow angels, snowman, all that fun stuff. Going skiing this weekend. It's going to be oh, great. Man, F that jazz. Oh, I can't I can't do it. I can't do the snow, man. I'm in Palm Desert right now. You know, another work week, and I'm just eating the sunshine because it's absolutely beautiful. But welcome to the podcast, man. I'm really excited that you could come join both of us, not just yeah, subbing thank for you. me or subbing for Matthew. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird, right? You think we would have like a half day today or something with them coming on. But no, let's just go. Three of us. Let's do yeah, this. no, th- thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, letting me come on a little bit late. Thanks to little man going down. But what what a game tonight, too. I heard you guys talking about the the biz coming in, biz Mac coming in, doing what he does. Then you got Jalen Smith all of a sudden out of nowhere. Everybody thought he was just off the side of the road for dead, going to trade him away or do whatever. He's just this guy we can throw away. No, he's coming out and he's making plays. He's showing effort. He was two for two from three to start the game. Yeah. You have JaVale McGee or DeAndre Ayton right now. Just think of the lushness of talent at center that we finally have for big guys. And I'm really curious what James Jones and uh, Monty are going to do towards the end of the year if they think they need to pick up somebody else. Do we need to trade for Tory Craig now? What's the rotation going to look like? There's, <laughs> there's so many things we can talk about now, and it's a really exciting time, you guys. Yeah, and exactly. This is why you don't say a peep, right, about trading, uh, putting anybody out there on the block, sitting players because of a trade. Reasons like this, especially in a year with COVID, you never know what's going to happen. So you need these guys available. You need them to have confidence. You don't want their names leaking out there for trades. So this is why, exactly. And we have the perfect group, I think, right now to win these games against these lesser teams, of course. But when it comes to the heavy battles, it might be nice to get someone else in this on this team. But right now, I'm not complaining. 
Absolutely. Well, yeah, and, you know, you, you have to think about roster versatility. And I think that we, we talked about this last time, Matthew, and, you know, and Evan, you probably can agree with this. As much as this is a perimeter-based league, dominance in the paint still wins, right? And having the ability to have and roster guys who can go out there and put up, you know, who can rebound the ball, who can get you those points in the paint, who can do all those little things uh, will equate to victory. So knowing that we have this depth, it's almost, you know, it's uh, an abundance of riches right now, as you mentioned. And, you know, we don't know what James Jones is going to do moving forward. I just kind of think that we're at this point right now, we're at the beginning of January. We're at that part of the year where, you know, for until the all-star break, these guys are starting to get tired. I can tell you personally, travel starts to wear on you pretty, pretty quickly. So, you know, if you can survive this, this spat of COVID, which for the most part, the Phoenix Suns have done, you know, let's, let's not fool ourselves. We lost to the Golden State Warriors. We've lost to the Celtics. And then we beat the shit out of two really shitty teams, right? Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Dom dominated them, dominated uh, tonight. Again, you know, I think that we really are, we're at this point of the season where as long as you got good, productive, healthy bodies, good things are going to happen. And we saw that again tonight. Let's, you know, one thing that I don't think people are really thinking about also with this Suns team. Yes, we went to the Western Conference Finals last year. Last year was a different year. It started, what, right before Christmas or around Christmas last year? And I think Monty came out and said they practiced a total of like 11 to 12 times for that the whole season last year. So this is kind of new as well, too. Starting at the end of October, getting a preseason, getting a training camp and going through the whole 82 game slate. This is a little bit different than last year. So that's something that I think a lot of people are also forgetting when you see campaign struggling, you know, mightily against the Warriors. You see Shamit struggling. Well, he's still kind of new. And then you have the all the adjustments that we're doing with the bench and everything going through an 82 game schedule that we haven't done before after winning. So this is, again, another new thing that the Suns are, are coming out and having to having to beat. And they're doing a hell of a job doing it night in and night out. And on a regular night, you heard Eddie Johnson say it time and time again, you guys, we're going to have slumps. It just happens throughout the season. But it's a lot of fun on Suns Twitter when when some guys aren't doing good and we need to trade them all right. Oh, yeah. No, that's the best part of Suns Twitter. I might have been guilty myself. I mean, I have a hashtag trade Landry Shamit kind of going because I get so frustrated with him. Then he gets uh, COVID. Bad, well, and, and shout out to at Sundress Dunks on Twitter. He hit me up and he's like, hey, I don't think you can trade him due to the rookie extension. I don't think he's eligible for trade until like the end of the year. I'm not 100% sure if that's correct. But if it is, I'm sorry, Landry, that I want to trade you. But I mean, at the same time, like that, that's just, again, that's why are fans called fans? Because it's the word fanatic and we are fanatical. And sometimes we go yeah. a little too deep. I mean, it, following the Warriors game, I mean, there were people in the chat who I was like, listen, I know it's Christmas and it's the number one time of the year for people to commit suicide, but please don't do it over the Phoenix Suns, man. Like, come on, because people were about to jump off bridges, right, Matthew? Yeah, yeah well, rookie rookie contract extension. I thought wasn't Sham? Isn't he like forty three years old or something? No, he's twenty four. Extension. Oh, okay. Everyone just looks older than me, though. That's why. Yeah, well, uh, you got that baby face. Uh, but again, you know kudos to the bigs for the Phoenix Suns for going up against somebody who has given the Phoenix Suns problems in the past. You know, Jonas Valanciunas is just one of those pesky guys who due to his size and his physicality has had his way kind of on the interior, even when DeAndre Ayton's playing, 
you know, I think that DeAndre Ayton's won more games against him, but I feel like those games, th- those are games when we watch him play against Valanchunas that we as fans are frustrated because we're like, dude, you're more athletic than this guy. You should have the capacity to just blow by him, to be a little bit more physical. And although the Suns might win the games when he's playing, he doesn't necessarily have his best performances. Uh, but again, with Bismarck, Bismack Biombo, Jalen Smith playing tonight, that wasn't uh, any sort of a problem. You know, we, we talked plenty about Bismack Biombo, and clearly I need a drop for him, but we do have a drop for this guy. Sticks Report. So as I mentioned for Jalen Smith, ended the night with uh, only 16 minutes played. But in those 16 minutes, uh, he was very productive with his 12 points. Uh, he was four for seven from the field. He did go two for three from downtown. Uh, it was the four fouls that ultimately negated his effectiveness and allow- and opened the door for Bismack Biombo to be effective. Uh, Matthew, what did you see from Jalen Smith tonight? And should we continue never talking about trading this guy ever? Uh, yeah, for now. I mean, even for though now. I did just mention, well, because I mean, the season is going to change eventually. I know, I know. It's going to get to it'll, a point it'll where it'll change next game. What are you talking about? We're going to be trading yeah. next game. Yeah, no, it's so up and down. Um, what I really thought about tonight with Sticks is, is he a guy? Of course, you know, Aiton. He's very, you know, kind of frail. You know, he doesn't really want to get into someone's face, right? Sticks. He never thought he was that kind of guy. But now, like after tonight against Big V, he wanted some of that V, right? He wanted some of that Big V tonight to where he just he gets underneath their skin. He wants to make it so that these guys get pissed, and he did that job. I don't know if Valanchunas is this kind of guy all the time where he's very vocal, he's very complaintive all the time to the refs after every, every single play. But I feel like Sticks drove him to that technical I feel like Sticks can get underneath his skin. He was trying to draw fouls against him. The guy gives up 50, 50 pounds of Valanchunas, but then still just wants to go at him on defense. He wants to try his best against the guy. He doesn't let up. That's just something that's different from DA. And I never thought Sticks really had that in him, of course. And I think last pod we talked, or I talked about how he seemed like he got a little bit better at maneuvering around in the paint. He's a little bit quicker. And I think that has to do with confidence. And then confidence has all to do too with him wanting to man up against these guys that are way bigger than him underneath the rim. Like he's playing a position where he's given up that much weight. You would think he would be a little bit, you know, hesitant to go against them, but he wants to be in this position. And I think like someone asked him before the game, I don't know who it was about when did you get this confidence or whatever? And sticks is just like, I've always had confidence. Otherwise I want to be here. Right. So there we're seeing just this other side of him tonight. Yeah, that we just never that expected, guy? Right. Yeah, what do you think, Coach? What did you see from Sticks? Nothing but good things. Nothing Isn't but good crazy? things. Isn't that crazy? Go is figure. The, all all the, the guy, guy needs is an opportunity. So I forget what it was. I forget which game it was. It was two or three pods ago that you guys had and I was listening to. And you were like, hey, why, aren't we, why don't we just develop this guy at this point? I, as I said earlier, I completely agree. And I'm even thinking about the idea. What would a lineup of... McGee at the five, Aiton at the four, and then Jalen at the four for backup. And then Bismack Biombo, the backup five, look like. What would those lineups look like? Being nice and big and tall out there, 
out rebound everybody like what would that look like for us i i like where the nba is going i like the three and d guys i like the stretch fours now you know i don't have any problem with that but at the same time the way we got beat last year and how we've been getting beat and getting out rebounded you know by the majority of our games we're getting out rebounded it just makes me want to have a bigger lineup out there so I'm kind of curious about what your thoughts are to that. But what I'm seeing from Jalen Smith is don't trade him. I don't see anything that Tory Craig does better than him, except maybe shoot the three. Am I off on that? Do you think? Uh, I think, well, no, I mean, perimeter defense, I'd say is better. You know, sure. I think his, his, interior, you his interior Jalen Smith's interior defense is pretty damn developed. You know, that's the thing that's been surprising to me is how instinctive he is blocking the ball, how his, Again, instinctive he is when it comes to rebounding. I think the only problem with the lineups that you suggested is the fa- is like, okay, well, where's Cam and where's Jay Crowder, you know, and then where's Mikael? I mean, so I think that it's in 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 the premise, it's good if you, if you know that you need physicality. So to your point, you don't go full on, you know, multiple minutes, and I'm saying ten plus minutes of lineups like that. But it, let's say you are in a situation, so you keep these guys all rostered. And you're in a situation where you're going against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Do you know how nice it would have been to go up against Giannis last year with the bigs we have right now from a sheer physicality standpoint? It's like, listen, you're going to go to get to the line, buddy, and we're going to spend the fouls on you, but you're going to get fouled hard. There's one thing getting fouled by Cam Johnson when you're going by him on your way to dunking on somebody. It's another thing when you have to go through Bismack Biombo or go through Jalen Smith even or go through DA or go through uh, JaVale McGee. There's a lot more physicality that's involved that – Although in like, you know, games two, three or four of a of a regular or of a, of a series, it might not work in your favor by games five, six and seven. You know, it, it's like a running back in the fourth quarter. The reason running backs do go ape shit in fantasy football in the fourth quarter is because the defense is tired. So I can definitely see where in spats that could be an option. And that was kind of my whole point on golden on uh, when we played Golden State, when the, the Suns did the exact opposite and Monty went extremely small. Because he wanted to see what an extremely small lineup looked like against the Golden State Warriors, right, Matt? Do you? Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say you can really be what you call me, Matt. You never call <laughs> my number one fan. There we go. Your number one fan out Washington. there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you were talking about being big, but I like how they can be versatile with these guys, like Jalen Smith playing center position. Um, it's something that, of course, Tory Craig, if you were to trade for him, it's something you can't get because they play. He plays wing. You got sticks who can really be a wing and also play a big. And I love him playing next to Cameron Johnson. It's kind of like when Cam and, of course, Mikhail play next to each other. It, it's fun to watch. But then, of course, you're having now all three of them on the court. They're just it seems like they're just like you have Mikhail in size going up and then next is uh, Cameron Johnson and then sticks, but they all just have like the same kind of body type in a way. They're all very, they're really young. They're trying to learn the offense together at the same time. You can even see tonight where Chris Paul had to like kind of tell sticks, Hey, on the inbound pass, you have to go set the screen over there. So you have a lot of that, but they're still figuring out on the fly, which is nice, but you don't want them to have too much to handle at once. And that's why it's so good to have a guy like Chris Paul who can maneuver that offense and have them play different positions because the way that Monty really actually built this team and James Jones is you have these bigs that can really play any way. And defensively, I feel like Sticks is getting a little bit better. I know down on the rim, but he can come out too a little bit and he will eventually get better at that. 
but Mikhail and Cam too, they can guard the perimeter too. So it's just you can you can mix and match these guys all over the court. That's the best part of this team right now. So if you're gonna add Tory Craig, I think it's really just one dimensional now. And I think that's crazy to say because we wanted Tory Craig back on this team. Now Jeez. it's just like eh. Maybe Two weeks not. ago. You know, maybe not. Maybe we're just a well-run organization. We can really develop these players on the floor. Or maybe we're playing the New Orleans Pelicans and we're just blowing the shit out of like the 14th seed in the West. That's you the know? quick that's, answer right there. That's the that's, quick answer. So that's next the other side of it. Yeah, exactly. real, real quick, John, to, to jump on your point about the small lineup, though, what I kind of failed to realize until you brought it up is now we have the ability to not only go small. We saw quite a few lineups with book, campaign, Alfred Payton was out there at one stretch and then a Chris Paul. So those three guys can fill three positions, put in a Cam McHale and then one big out there and we can go small. Now we can go big too. Maybe a game Shamit's not going to play and we're going to have McHale, Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson out there for the wings with a point guard and a big two, right? And then we can go kind of bigger with wing defense or we put in sticks out of four or DA out of four if we need to. So now this just gives us so many options it's a it's a dream a coach would love any coach would love to be able to have this kind of lineup uh what one through 12 we're going to be able to play at this yeah, point yeah the versatility is ridiculous and again we can throw so many different things at you in a game to where if you are beating us with one style we have something that can negate that and vice versa we can impose our will in other ways because again if we're going against a team that is isn't deep at the five okay yeah we're going to bring out the big guns and we're just going to pummel you on the interior so yeah, you're right. It's it's an abundance of riches for the Phoenix Suns right now. And again, this this is one thing that, that a lot of fans have to realize is during this long season, you're going to have Monty Williams try different things to see to just to get film on it so they can sit there and study and, ha and have all of his coaches, you know, sit there and, and take a look at everything that's on tape and go, OK, here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Hey, guys, let's try this. That's what coaching is. That's what part of the 82 game season is. That's what being 28 and eight allows you to do. This isn't like last year where we were fighting in every game just to try to make sure that we had that number two slot. There's like three good teams in the West, and then there's a drop-off. Four if you count Memphis, but there's a drop-off after that. So there's a little bit of this wiggle room that they have to really do a full season's worth of coaching and try to implement those systems. You know, as much as we've talked about how great of a job that James Jones has done, you know, Evan, I'll ask you this. Is the one big mistake from the offseason not the DA situation, but not extending the uh, the rookie or picking up the rookie deal for uh, Jalen Smith? I mean, hindsight, right? We can Monday, Monday morning quarterback this all day long in hindsight, man, absolutely. Like without question. But going up to that point, we didn't see him in a lot of NBA action. And when we did see him out there, he looked hesitant. He looked like he didn't know where he was supposed to be. Now, when the pressure's on and it's only him, it just seems like he's thriving under that pressure. So go back to what Flex said a while ago, that this is going to be a blessing in disguise. And I'm not happy anybody got COVID, but I am happy that guys were able to not play so that others got a chance. Let's put it like that. No, I agree. Matthew, do you think it was a, a bad move? No, honestly... I hate to second guess James Jones anymore. I mean, what was a bad move? Getting James That's Smith fair. at the number 10 pick. So it seems like anytime, you know, you think James Jones makes the wrong move and ends up being a killer. And you can just even see the Shamit thing working out too. That's the one thing I think that we kind of harp on the most as being the, the biggest 
dumb move this offseason to signing him because of how it worked out so far. So I just I don't like to go back in time and say he's made mistakes because honestly, the way we're winning and the way this team plays and the plug and play, like I mentioned earlier, it just mm-hmm. always ends up working out in the end for them. And it's something I just don't want to have to worry about, right? Is the coaching moves or you know the GM moves as a fan, you don't want to have to worry about that. You want to trust them. And we have for the past two years. And now we're winning and we kind of go back and be like, ah, oh, this guy, the one guy, this is not working out, but then he ends up working out. It always just seems like that with this Suns team. It's just it's a good time right now to be a Phoenix Suns fan because mm-hmm. of what you're mentioning. Because so often, you know, I was thinking about it while I was watching the New Orleans Pelicans and I was seeing their roster, and you're seeing all these guys who you, you can kind of see the why, if you will, why they were brought in to do what they do, but they just can't consistently do it. Brandon Ingram being one of them. You know, Brandon Ingram had a solid game tonight. You know, he led all Pelican scores. Yeah. Uh, did he? No, Devontae Graham did. God, we'll talk about him here in a second. <laughs> yeah. uh, it felt like Brandon Ingram was leading all scores the way that he was chucking up the ball. Uh, 16 points on 18 field goals, and he had five turnovers. You know, and it just it brought me back. I don't know why, but it brought me back to like having TJ Warren on the team. You know, so you have this guy who's just like you think he, he he's displayed the affinity to be an offensive player, but he just can never put it all together consistently. And Brandon Ingram's had an all star season, but he continues to just kind of fade in relevance because he can't consistently execute. And you saw that fourth quarter for him. I mean, how many of those five turnovers came in the fourth quarter? Well, if I pull up the stats here, I think four, right? He had he had three of them, but they were like back to back to back possessions. He went three for ten in the fourth quarter when his team needed him, when he was had the opportunity to execute when the game was close, he dropped the ball and it mm-hmm. it brought me back to, you know, again, how Phoenix suns, it used to be, we had some of the pieces, they just weren't there yet. And now we have a roster up and down who is either, you know, outside of Chris Paul and like Jay Crowder, everyone's entering their prime, man. I mean, this is like, hopefully yeah. good times to stay in Phoenix, but again, just, you know, never too high, never too low. Cause the moment that you get excited is the moment that we'll come out and we play the Clippers next. And we're just going to get, we'll get smacked by him or something. Oh, that's not going right? to happen. No, but uh, Brandon Ingram going up against Mikhail Bridges in the fourth quarter. You don't really think of Mikhail Bridges as like a brick shit house sitting there, but he, he was against Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram waited a little bit too late to be physical. He tried to go at Mikhail. Mikhail just kind of stopped him from getting into his spots. That led to, the, I think Brandon Ingram just kind of losing the ball off his knee a few times. And then the sun's picking up or else rolling out of bounds. So it wasn't, it was kind of a weird kind of defensive maneuver from Mikhail where usually he uses his arms to tip the ball away. But a lot of it was just positioning and getting in the way of Ingram who was turning the ball over. So that was a little bit different from what I usually see from Mikhail. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Ingram, I just think that he just played a different game in the fourth. It was just too little too late, really. Even though it was a two-point lead only. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Forgot about that. Speaking of Mikhail, you know, Coach, tell me what you saw from him tonight. Because he went out and it's something I, we've been harping on on the podcast. It's like, listen, you know, as you mentioned, you don't want anyone to get sick. But with the sickness that's going around, there's opportunity and Mikhail Bridges outside of the previous game has really kind of dropped the ball. You know, he, he's somebody who you're paying, you know, he has a $90 million contract. Obviously it's not for his offensive skill set; It's for his defensive skill set. but you'd like to see some offensive production when the team is hurting on that end of the, of the, the ball. And tonight he comes out 42 minutes, nine for 13 from the field, including five of nine from deep drops a season high, 23 points, what made him successful tonight, Coach? 
What's what's funny is that he only had a plus minus of plus four. I know, <laughs> so, I saw that. <laughs> uh, don't ever judge anything by the plus minus. It's just a Amen. little little tale of everything. Um, is his finger better? I mean, is it as simple as that? As his finger being better, it doesn't look. I mean, it still looks tape, but it's not the thick tape anymore. You can kind of see a little something when you're going in on on a zoom in shot or something like that, but. Maybe the finger's just better because he was taking those shots earlier. And then when those shots weren't going, he would force it. And that's when the Golden State game happened. And you're just looking back like, well, okay, what is going on? This is very abnormal. And maybe he's, his finger's back. His confidence is up a little bit more. They, he knows he's got to play these 40-plus minutes against a Brandon Ingram, who he just dominated last year, by the way. Every game we played them, he did so good Facts. except for the one – one game they blew us out by like 40 points or something. Yep. I remember that after that he dominated him. So maybe he's got the mojo going, knowing he's going to guard that guy tonight. I'm not sure. Sometimes when guys are asked to do more on offense, they're going to slack on defense, vice versa. It just seems like whatever was ailing him seems to be completely gone at this point. His confidence is back. He does have a little bit of a hitch again. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's like he's bringing it down back to his waist before it would kind of go to his abdomen. Now it's like going back down to his waist and I saw it and it looks weird. And I'm like, Oh, that's not going in swish. That's not going in either <laughs> swish. Okay. What, the, what the hell do I know? So maybe he had to adjust his shot a little bit, but whatever it is in the course of the season, the law of averages is going to average out. And that's the case for Mikhail right now. Yeah. yeah. I think that's an interesting observation about his shot. Cause I noticed the same thing. Cause it reminded me of like, you know, a kindergartner shooting a free throw. You know, they have to bring it all the way down, you know, almost to their knees before they get the the oomph to get behind it. And it's just that little addition that he's made that over the past two games, all of a sudden his shot is looking a little bit better. Now, granted, it does take a little bit more time. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in doing so, we might see some defenses have the capacity to close out on him. But Matthew, did you notice that he was driving with a little bit more confidence tonight and you saw a little bit more shot creation from him? Yeah, definitely. I mean, after he gets his threes to go down early in the game, he was able to get to the rim. But usually, I mean, I can't really talk about him shooting the three because I did admit on one podcast how I freaking hate him shooting threes for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Deep down inside, it hurts me when he does shoot the three, but sometimes it does lead to the pump fake and get to the rim. He was more confident. Usually, like, in the past few weeks when he would get to the rim or even get into the paint, he would fade away a little bit, kind of short-arm stuff, and then he would come up the next shot and kind of just, you know, more confident shot the next time. This game, though, fully confident. This is a new look. And even EJ brought it up. You know, sometimes these guys like Mikhail Bridges that play every game, they don't take a night off. They're going to have those tired legs. So maybe that is just all it is. I know we talked about the back, but maybe it was just through a stretch where he was just exhausted. It may be because uh, Coach Evan B., Maybe because he was playing Ingram too, but the last game he started looking better. Tonight looked even even better than the last game. So this is just something that might just continue to pile on as goodness for him because he needs this. He needs something because he was going through a slump where we were seriously like, what is going on? And he's figuring it out now. It might be the finger. It might have been, who knows, the back. It might have been, you know, he lost... Uh, a woman that he was in love with, like not to death, but just someone that, you know, broke up with him. That might've been it too. That could have the Rams the are court. better now. He's a big Rams fan, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you they never go. know. It could have been first in the division. If uh, so, or the, it's, that was so, the one. 
It's so funny. Matthew, he always goes to like the relationship status. He's like, ah, Booker's on fire. Something must be happening in the bedroom with Kendall. Something good's <laughs> going <should>. on. <laughs> I call that proposal. I guess it didn't happen, but we don't know. No, you, yeah, you were you were way off on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so you, so you take Mikhail, and I think you guys both make valid points about kind of the whys. Why are we seeing him play a little bit better? And again, I'll, I'll take it back to the basic. You know, maybe he gets up for playing against Brandon Ingram, and maybe he was playing the Pelicans tonight, and they suck. Uh, but you also saw Cam Johnson have a fantastic game starting again for the Phoenix Suns as well. In his 35 minutes, he went six for 10 from the field, five for seven from deep. So him and Mikhail Bridges combined for 10 for 16 from deep, had 18 points, six rebounds. Coach, is this our two or our, our three slash four of the future? Oh, absolutely. Can I throw out a, a stat out there? I think one of you guys might have retweeted or, or, or hit it. 43.1% from three. shooter last year, 34.9, his rookie year, 39%. Incredible to be able to go up almost, what is that? Almost eight full points from a a three point shooting. And if Cam Johnson ever got over 40%, it was over and look at him absolutely flourish. You know, he's getting career highs and points right now. He's getting career highs and rebounds. He's a tick off on assists, um, but career highs and steals also. He does, he is doing career highs and turnovers, but he's got a little bit, little bit more of the usage rate right now. He's high in field goal percentage and a little bit down on the free throws at this point, but he's getting more free throw opportunities. He's shooting the same amount of three pointers as he did last year at 5.6 per game. Cam Johnson, I've never seen him. Okay, I've seen him out of position, but I've never seen him sulk. I've never seen him a handful of times. He does this like a handful of times. You never see him running around like he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. His defensive rotations are there. He's always, always moving either on offense or defense. He is just go, go, go. I love the way that he plays. Uh, He glides around the court. He's starting to take it to the rack now, and he's gotten a couple bodies on him throughout the throughout his years in the NBA, starting with that PJ Tucker dunk fest last year. So yes. he's catching yeah. bodies, he's shooting yeah. threes, he glides around the court. He is he is an amazing player that's only going to get better. You need to queue up the uh, the Kobe White wow <laughs> video now. Yeah, because where's Kobe White these days? I haven't. Who? I mean, yeah, never heard of him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, he's uh, not. Is he on Chicago still or no? Yeah, but he's he's not getting the playing mm. time that he used to. Now that you have Lonzo and and Demar Derozan and Alex Caruso, Caruso yeah, yeah, it's like you know, wow, yeah, so Matthew, Coach, yeah, he, you're... He, he he brings up a good point about the body language. Yes, you know, and yeah, I, that's what I was know, just gonna I, say. Yeah, I know, like that's your thing. You're the body language, guy, and you're right. Like mm. even after a bad foul, he'll he'll just turn around and walk away. He doesn't Devin Booker it. You know, Matthew, you've you've had to notice this, right? Yeah, and honestly, I put in my notes too. He never celebrates either. If he makes those two threes in a row from the same exact spot, the second one, Chris Paul finding him wide open again, deja vu. So I'm just like, how is he wide open again in the same spot? This is it's ridiculous. This guy still has no respect in the NBA. I talk about it every pod. Oh, he didn't. I mean, yeah, he did. I remember that one. Forgot about the Lakers. That. Um, so. I mean, he he eventually maybe will get some kind of celebration, but I like the way he is. I like that he just like keeps his head down and runs back down the end of the court. Even if it's a timeout, keeps his head down a little bit, but he's excited a little bit, gives the high fives or whatever. He just doesn't care. Never too high, never too low with this. And then, Coach, also you brought up with McHill and his shot changing. I thought Cameron Johnson tonight, I kind of noticed 
is his shot like more upright? Is his are his feet together more or something? His feet like they're it's, a little bit more together. His body's more upright, of course, because of it. And it he, seems like his, his shot is releasing a little bit higher. Everything right here is the same from the shoulders down. Everything is the same with him. And if you guys notice, when Devin Booker jumps straight up on a three pointer, that's going in. When he yeah. fades away or does anything weird, like, mm -hmm. yeah, he'll make a few. But yeah. nine times out of ten, I feel like it's not going in. On the middies, when Devin Booker's fading away on a midi, that's in. When he goes straight up, it's long. So, But Cam Johnson, yeah. it's so consistent from here. That's why Mikhail, you see the, the shoulder thing sometimes going up and then going. Cam mm -hmm. Johnson, everything is straight. And this is great, great audio content for everybody oh, listening on Spotify. You're explaining it perfectly, though. This yeah. is... This is why we're so excited to have you. See, this is, you know, the fundamentals of basketball, how to shoot a basketball, you know, these little things like what's equating to the success to your point, coach, 43.1%. I mean, it's ridiculous, but that's the why it's his fundamentals yes. are so damn solid and they only continue to get more solid as the games progress and his career progresses, you know, and as sons in four says in the chat says needs to be in the all-star three point contest ASAP. I agree with that 110%. I guess my next big question, and I'll, you know, I'll start out with you, Evan, is has is Cameron Johnson playing his way out of a contract with the Phoenix Suns? I mean, because he's 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, as we obviously are getting way ahead of ourselves, we still have the rest of the season. We have a playoff run ahead of us, but there's a decision that needs to be made next summer, and it's paying Cameron Johnson. Will we have the ability to do so? I mean. You got to look at it like this. Are we or are we not going to pay DA? That's going to be the first thing. If we do not pay DA, that money is going to be freed up and we're ha we'll have that ability. If we do pay DA, you, you got to look at a Landry Shamit contract. You've got to look at the Jay Crowder contract. Jay Crowder is going to be going into his last year, which makes it a very uh, a wanted contract in the NBA so that people can yep. get rid of it, right? Yep. Those are the things you got to look at. And then Dario is also going to be on his last leg of his contract too. Is he going to take another year or two to get back to where he was? Is he going to be able to come back and play? Or are we going to trade him off just because we don't know and we're good with who we have? We'll re-sign Bismack and JaVale. There, there's so many things up in the air. But, I mean, I would prioritize Cam Johnson over over, over Landry Shamit, over Jay Crowder. He's only he's what is he twenty four or twenty five right now? I, mm -hmm. I think he's twenty. You got to put him up there. He? You've got to. Yeah, and then Blaze Megatron actually brings up a good point. Oh, shit, good point. Thanks for bringing us down, Vorta. You know what? Just really that's quick, the John, reality. Anytime we we are hyping up somebody, <laughs> we're, you bring up the contract. we are too. We've been too positive this podcast. I mean, we're yeah. sitting here talking about how everything's you know, and you have to think long term. And yeah, I don't want to bring you down, but at the same time, like. That's true. Yeah, I'm with you though. I mean, it. Matthew, Matthew, what do you think? Uh, you know what? I think the right decision will be made, and mm. those all those names, coach, that you brought up, all of them but Da, um, can go. They can kick rocks really for Cameron Johnson because that's just how high I, I am on this guy. Um, and he's proven it this year so far. We'll see how he does. I mean, even in the playoffs last year, you don't have to worry about him in the playoffs in big moments. Yeah. He's already that guy. He's already that guy you can count on in, in uh, clutch situations. But then we'll just see the span of a full season of him giving a lot of minutes. Then we'll see like how he really does in the playoffs after that. But I think he's going to check mark all the boxes going into the playoffs. So I'm all for him over all those names, but DA. I'm I'm really hesitant to even consider trading Jay Crowder because it's not like he got traded like CP3. He chose to come yeah. to us. 
and a lot of teams wanted his services at that time. And you really yeah. don't want to kick to the curb your your big name free agent, for lack of better terms, in the last two years. You don't want to just go out and, and trade a guy like that. There's there has there's not really honor, I guess, when it comes to the NBA and pro sports. But I feel like if there was anybody that had a little bit of honor to them in the front office, it's the guy that we currently have. So yeah, exactly. I'm I'm a little uh, hesitant on that. But you've got well, but to. Here's the other side of that coin, though, is much akin to the D.A. contract that didn't occur. The same thing can happen to Cam Johnson going into the next season. You don't have to resign him next season. You can wait till the end of next season, right, to to put a rookie extension. You, you can backload it. There's things you can do. There's a ton of things. So you don't have to necessarily allocate any money to him next season. You can keep Jay Crowder under contract. And then from there, you can make that financial decision at the end of the 2000. 23 season so there is flexibility there but it is definitely something that is you have to think about because because and, and the reason i bring this all up because i think that jay that i'm sorry cameron johnson definitely is the future of this team i mean he checked as you mentioned matthew he's already checked boxes he's going to continue to check boxes he's an ideal player in this modern nba he shoots a three he has physicality he can play defense he, can, he has lateral quickness and again something that you know i didn't even think about and coach brought up which is a great point and i love players like this dude, he's emotionless. He's like, it's like Ricky Rubio. You know, he just kind of, I'm just here to do my job and I'm going to do it well. And I'm not going to celebrate and I'm not going to get frustrated. And I love those kind of players because they go out there and don't get me wrong. Like I love the JaVale McGee's too, you know, but shooters, you want them to stay locked in. And that's what frustrates us sometimes Mm. with like the Devin Bookers. And Mm. when he gets a little too fiery, Sometimes it works in his favor, but I feel like throughout his career, for the most time, it hasn't. So when he starts getting frustrated with referees, when he starts to display too much emotion as a shooter, now he's turned into Brandon Ingram in the fourth quarter tonight, going three for 10 and losing exactly. the game for his team, you know? Yeah, Cameron, Cameron Johnson has to stay focused, and that's what he does. Otherwise, he's like a Devontae uh, Graham. Um, Devontae basically going Graham. off, Basically going off and then celebrating and then leads to nothing. Yeah, amen. And <laughs> Devontae Graham, 36 minutes tonight, 28 points. You know, I was looking up. I, I was betting that his uh, career averages against the Sun were huge because I feel like yeah. he's he's been the Jack Taylor Award winner when he played for Charlotte against us like two or three years ago. Uh, not true, though. You know, he just he's, he's kind of like a 13 points a night guy against the Phoenix Suns. So uh, mm. Devontae Graham, you can celebrate all you want down there in New Orleans as they try to figure out like, what the hell? I got to say, man. The New Orleans Pelicans are such a mess. They really are. Like they've had so many, dude. They've had so many great players. Was beautiful. They had the best looking team, man. They had Lonzo. They had Drew Holiday. New Orleans. Yeah, I guess that that team needs to move, right? Are they going to end up? I I think they have to. It's not a basketball town at all. So Seattle, please bring back the suits. Please, please. Do it. Do it already. Come on. But how about okay. how about Willie Green down there, huh? I mean, you see yeah. him on the sideline giving it his all. And in in his defense, I would have wanted to coach down there. You mean I get the coach B.I. and I get the coach Zion? Yeah, sure. Sign yeah. me up. Let's let's build something for the future. I want to prove myself only that Zion can't stay healthy. And it's something that nobody could have predicted, obviously. So I, I honestly feel bad for the New Orleans fans, you know, you get Chris Paul and Tyson Chandler way back in the day, and Chris Paul wants to leave and gets traded to the Lakers, but then he doesn't, and then he gets traded to the Clippers. And then you get uh, Anthony Davis, and he was supposed to be the next guy that turned everything around, got to the playoffs one year, and then it just all goes to shit. Trade everybody. Now you get Zion. You got this package from the Lakers, and it goes to shit again. So 
just a really bad franchise. And don't forget, they moved from Charlotte and the Charlotte Hornets had their own issues when they were over there as well, too. So just that franchise has just been not managed correctly. So take them back to Seattle. No, without a doubt. And, and, you know, I think to your point, Willie Green is trying to do the best with what he has. uh, But David Griffin is not giving him a ton of, as you mentioned, there are some great assets there. But there's no continuity there. It reminds me of the Phoenix Suns from four years ago, where every year it's a new head coach, it's a, it, it's a, it's a new roster. I mean, they're constantly turning things over. And you know what has boded well for the Phoenix Suns this year is continuity, and there's just no continuity in New Orleans, none at all. Word. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, this is a reminder. If you are listening to the podcast, say out loud to the, the guy you're sitting next to on at the airport. Just be like, my jam star of the game is Baze MacBiambo and see what he says. If you're here, please let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Hit the thumbs up button down below. Subscribe, rate, review, do all those good things, and make sure that you follow the He's on Fire podcast, which Coach Evan B hosts uh, religiously. It's like, man, you're a machine. <laughs> so you are our guest, Coach Evan B. Let us know who is your jam star of the game. It's that dude that scored 33 points, had nine boards and four assists. Woo. He wears number one. He should be mm-hmm. a voted in all-star. I'm sure he won't. Uh, he's look about to be, in, he's about to be engaged. That, that <laughs> light skin killer that, that they called him back in the day, Devin Booker, the guy, every time I watch him play, I look over and say to my life and I'm like, damn, he is so good at basketball. She's like, I know you say it every game, (laughs) but every single game he goes out and does something incredible. I don't know how he makes some of these shots. I don't know how he does the things he does. He's aggressive on the boards now. He plays defense. He is molded into the perfect form of a shooting guard at six foot six, and he goes out and drops 33 tonight in, in a game where it shouldn't have been that close, but it was at times, and he was the one that answered the door that answered the bell time and time again. Devin Booker, my uh son's jam session of the game. What what is it? Jam, jam star. Of the game? Jam star. Jam star. <laughs> I dropped that one big time. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, we got Jones and since 80 says BD book. And I'm like, I'm this close to finishing my big dick booker drop. So stay tuned. Right. If I might have some time this Taking time on that one, huh? I, I will. Yeah, it takes, it's yeah. a long time. It's big dick book. Okay. So it takes a long time. Uh, book and Biombo from Fabio. We got Biombo from jewel. We got big Mac Biombo from sons in four Monty. He back from crazy Pasquale. Uh, book from westville my jam star is matthew from so so oh matthew your oh, fan club is you. growing and growing uh monty from impulsinator big dick biombo from khalid nice mikhail bridges from juan uh biz from richard slow we got jay pizzle giving it to book we got d book from Zero. we got mikhail from the blaze megatron bridges from uh nicholas blackenstein uh ted lubin gives it to book khalid gives it to book and the sun's jam star bdb from metal mike shout out to all you for uh hit us up in the chat matthew who do you got oh it's book two it was biombo for a little bit there because he continued just to you know mount the suns on his back after that made that made two that barely went in that was a turning point of the game for the suns after almost a near comeback by the uh by the hornets by the pelicans um but of course book was in the mix too in the end with mikhail bridges knocking down some big shots so it's gonna go 
it's gonna go books ways. Two back to back games where he's just been yeah. killer. And he started out the game. What was he like four for twelve? But he went to the line. He was five for five. So you know that's one thing where he's just so mature now. Where he's not making his shots. He'll get to the line. He'll do other things to help out. And you hear EJ all the time say, "Just do other things. Your shots not going in. Do some other things on the court to help your team." That's Booker now, a mature ass dude, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, you guys both hit book. I'm not going to fortify that anymore. I agree. It's Devin Booker, but I'll give it, I'll give my secondary jam star, uh, to the twins, you know, seeing Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson play the way that they did out there tonight just gives me hope for the future. And I know that, you know, if you have Devin Booker and then you have these two guys next to them and then you add, but hopefully you bring DA back and Chris Paul, whoever they can eventually, you know, that'll be the one question mark here is can't we get a good quality point guard post Chris Paul era, but I no, mean, we're just... not going there, John. No, 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 no. I was talking about it earlier before you came on. I'm like, why am I talking about this? But again, I just, I can't have nice things. So, uh, but I give it to the twins on this one. Uh, next up, the Suns are going to be playing the Clippers on Thursday night. That's going to be back at home. Uh, let's see what, what are they? They're a 500 team entering this game. Uh, they're a team that definitely is, you know, they're close. I feel like they're close, but they're a team that also is just, uh, you know, bombarded with injuries and COVID and, you know, you know, Kawhi still out, Nicholas Batum's out, Paul George is out with an elbow. So, you know, what are you guys looking forward to in this game? Is there anything that we should be surprised by? Is Aiden coming back? Because he was supposed I'm, to be back tonight, right? I'm guessing he'll be back. But again, okay. I'm guessing that'll be in a limited capacity, especially considering yeah. you still have Bismack Biombo on the 10-day contract, so you can really absorb some minutes and just try to get his feet under him. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was about to... Oh. <laughs> go ahead, Coach. <laughs> um, Zubox is also in safety protocols right now. Uh, Luke Kennard looks like he's out as of January 2nd, too. So... They're just absolutely decimated. It's it's a game you want to go out and win and don't let Reggie Jackson go off. That would be the one thing. We all go. saw what he did against us in the playoffs. I feel like he's the one guy that would really go off and remember what happened in the playoffs last year. You got Marcus Morris as well, too. He's a dude that can accidentally drop 38 on you. Eric True. Bledsoe revenge game. Don't forget about that. You still got Serge Ibaka. You still got Terrence Mann, but their depth is absolutely depleted. Go out there, step on their neck early, and try to get a run with, with some of the second unit guys. It shouldn't be an issue, but, you know, never say never. Matthew? I agree. Yeah, that my <laughs> cough was basically the. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> that's me. Okay. You know, that's a preview of the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier, Coach, we have the ability to go with big lineups right now, and even if Da isn't back, uh, even if Javale isn't back, we still can outmatch them at the five. But knowing that Da will most likely will be back, we could really just go out there and pound the ball against them. You know, we could really split the interior and again put some good film together. Uh, for what those lineups look like and also kind of mess with the Clippers a little bit, right? Because the Clippers are a team that want to play and did play uh, in the playoffs against us last year, some five out, right? So if there's yeah. if there's a film, you know, th th this game becomes a throwaway film game because there's nothing they can take from it because they know that we're not going to play as big as we are in this game against them at any point in the playoffs. So uh, this is a team that we've already beat once this season. Uh, hashtag beat LA always comes into play, especially when you're playing the Clippers. So, you know, I'm predicting a win for the Phoenix Suns on this one. And uh, I think that'll move us up to what our 30th win. 
That'll be yeah. what? Number yeah. 30. Hit, hit that there. God, already. Jeez. Time flies. What was the over-under oh, 52 man. this year? I don't remember. But yeah, I think Matthew, we both Matthew went over. Bet. So, Coach, you were in Arizona for a little bit. How fun was it to bet on sports? <laughs> you know, I saw you tweet the it, other day. You're like, I can't even bet. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was bored. The Cardinals weren't on at that time. You know, I just I wanted to do something else and bet. You know, it's fun while I was out there. Just because I don't get to do it, I was I was doing a bunch of really stupid bets. I would of bet course. on drives of football games. Like this drive would end in a field goal and that kind of thing. Just five dollar bet here, and I really didn't care. I mean, I won four hundred and seventy bucks while I was out there. Let's go. So that's not bad. Most of it. Thanks to Espo and him saying uh, Jay Crowder always hitting that first shot of the game. <laughs> yeah. I got that twice while I was out there. Had a couple parlays. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if, if you have a gambling addiction problem, please call the hotline number. <laughs> but if I lived out there, it would probably be a little dangerous for me. So I'm glad I don't for that reason. But I can't wait to go out and uh, make some more bets. It was a lot of fun to be able to do yeah. that. I'll admit. John, you have that number memorized, don't you? 1-800-NEXT-STEP, yeah. I mean, okay, there you go. Hit, hit, hit them up if you got a problem. I'm always out of state, so I don't get to do it very often. I mean, it's it's literally like I think I was telling Matthew on one of the podcasts where I, I had a connector from Palm Desert to Reno. I had to stop over in Phoenix. I'm like, sweet, I can place a couple bets that are going to make. You know, I won money tonight because before I left this morning for Palm Desert, I put money on the Suns to win. They were negative two ninety, but I'm like, hey, if I can make ten bucks, you know, off a twenty nine dollar bet, I'm making ten bucks off a twenty dollar bet. So thank you, Phoenix Suns. You know, <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's it's science. I'm like, we're going to kill this team. So. Uh, but no, that's, that's awesome. I saw some of your tweets. I was like, oh yeah, that's, it's fun when you come to Arizona. Matthew knows cause he bets all the time. Right, Matthew? Absolutely not. I don't, yeah, he, he I don't know even, why. I just doesn't even, for a bit. doesn't even have I, an account. I'll never bet on my team to win or lose, but I will bet for receivers going over a hundred yards or something <laughs> like that for sure. It's so painful yeah. though. It's so painful to sit there and you're like, dude, come on. One more yard, one mm. more yard. Oh, one more of, three. One more point. Matthew, did you see how I won that fantasy football championship last night against my brother? Did you win? Congrats, 141 dude. to 140. Two I years in a row. Cheater. Yeah, back to back champ in my own league. So it looks shady, yeah. but it's really, <laughs> it's really cool because it's, it's a super flex league. So we've got two quarterbacks and we have no defenses, no kickers, two keepers every year, rollover. And going into the game, my brother had Deontay Johnson, who needed 18 points. And I couldn't watch the game. I went and I saw Spider-Man because I'm like, I'm not going to put myself through this. But I'm still kind of checking my phone and doing the math in my head. And with like half of a third quarter or halfway through the third quarter, his guy had 17 points. I was like, well, that's over. And then I got out of the movie oh. and I saw that's he ended with 17 points. So, Oh, I mean, my God. You're so lucky, man. <laughs> lucky sorry. John over there. How was the um, movie? Though? Was it good? I haven't seen the second one. So I would say anything. out of the three new uh the three new Spider-Mans, it's my third favorite. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I heard mixed reviews. It, there, there, there's no – it's cool, Coach. I'm not giving it I haven't seen plus. it yet. Yeah, I know. I got a toddler I, at home. I can't see a movie. Yeah, truth, <laughs> truth. I was just saying it was like it's not my favorite of the new ones. So that's just me. But anyways, on that, on that note, Jamsters, uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Coach, can you tell everyone where they can follow you? He's on fire podcast anywhere you get your podcast, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple pod. You can see my at down there at coach Evan B. Come follow me for my awfully fun takes and <laughs> at he's on fire pod on Twitter as well, too. would love to interact with you guys. Come and follow. We really appreciate you taking some time out. Yeah, and joining thank us. You. It's awesome. Uh, happy new year to you. Happy new year to all the jamsters. You guys uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. 2022. Let's go. This is the year. Let's this go. is the year. 
you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Lissy. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Click the thumbs up button while you're here. And until next time, Jamsters, uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Go good home, Suns family. There you go. Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.